Do you have a relationship right now where communication is a struggle and you keep hitting the same wall with this same person? Well, James is about to give us a three-point sermon with a solution for all our communication. And if we're willing to put it into practice, it can revolutionize and change everything. And it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Have you ever had someone shush you? Shh! Librarians are famous for this, right? Like when you're growing up, moms are pretty good at this. Shh! Have you ever wanted to shush somebody, but you just couldn't bring yourself to do it, but you really wanted to? Or it was somebody else's kid that you wanted to shush? Shh! Right? We all understand what that is. And it can be a little embarrassing if you've been shushed. Because (laughs) sometimes that person who shushed you is right. And you're like, oh man, I I was really out of order there. I I should have been listening, but I was talking. (laughs) And sometimes you just have to receive it as hard as it can be. Because you might want to shush them back, but then that gets into a whole ugly thing and spit begins to fly and you don't want to go there, right? So, well, a couple years back, I looked at the injunction, the, the exhortations that James gives with QSS. Everybody be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. And I came up with a little different thing than a shh. It's a quiz. Everybody try it. Okay, I want to plant that into your brain because I believe that if you can remember this simple acronym, QSS, it will help you apply God's word. And after all, the book of James says we're to be not merely hearers of the word, but what? Doers. If we're a hearer and we're not a doer, we're actually delusional. And I'm not kidding. That's what James says. And that's what he means. We have deluded ourselves if we just come into church services and hear God's word and we have no intention of doing it. And I'm not talking about failing because we're all going to fail. But if we come into church and we're basically, we got the deflector shield up and we have no intention of doing anything God's word says, James would say, you're deluded, man. That's self-delusion. Now, there there are people out there today that struggle with delusions, right? And we know there are some serious conditions related to that. And when someone is delusional, it it can be a sad thing because what happens is they really believe something terrible is happening to them when it may not be reality. And James is saying, look, if you're going to hear God's word and you're not going to do it, you're basically deluding yourself. You've fooled yourself. And that's why James is such a practical, hard-hitting book, because it really makes me ask the question, when I hear something that the Bible says, is my intention to take it out of this place so that it affects my Monday morning as much as it does my Sunday morning? So this is the book of James. And he starts off in verse 19, just a few verses this morning. He says, this you know. If you have an ESV, it says, verse 19, James 1, know this. 
NIV says, take note of this, my beloved brethren. The opening of verse 19 is rendered as an imperative. Know this by form. However, it could also be an indicative. I'm reading from uh, Moo's commentary. You could render this of this, you may be certain. Either way works, but the way James addresses his readers favors the imperative. That is, know this, James might say. This is what you need to know. Now notice he does address my beloved brethren. This is where J. Vernon McGee got it. Just so you know, you can just mark that. May God richly bless you, my beloved. Don't you love that? J. Vernon McGee's been in heaven for a long time, but he's still on the radio preaching the word all over the world. And he says, my beloved, so we can understand the audience the, the motivation of James is not to beat us up. Because I know sometimes when we come in to church from a long week and our boss beat us up and the freeway beat us up and we have some issues with family or friends and then we come into church and poof, 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 poof. Right? It's tough. And so I think James wants us to know that we are loved by God. God's word, God's truth is shared with us to make us better. One rabbi is uh, given credit of saying, say little and do much. That's James' philosophy. Be quick to hear, my beloved brethren. James has been called a New Testament proverb. And as I mentioned, I really see James as a spiritual doctor and he wants to heal us. He wants to give us the healing balm so we can heal our hearing, our speaking. And if you have anger issues this morning, James is going to deal with anger. Uh, I had anger issues before I came to Jesus Christ. Uh, I was very competitive, and I had a chip on my shoulder from a dad that left and some dysfunction in the family. And so I'd be on the, out on the soccer field, and I'd be screaming at everybody if they didn't do their job. And this is in elementary school, by the way. Come on, what are you doing? And everybody was scared, at, scared of me, and I was this short little guy, but I was fired up. Now, I don't have a whole lot of uh, mechanical skills, so one day my sister loves to remind me that I took a car jack and threw it across the street uh, like a shot put. Uh, things were not cooperating. I was trying to do something with a tire, and I... <laughs> you ever done something like that? <laughs> then you have to look at yourself. I, I remember a friend from Little League was telling a story. He said he was disciplining one of his children. Nothing wrong with good discipline, but he said he was screaming at the child, and there was one of those... Uh, closet mirrors, you know, the sliding closet doors in the bedroom, and he and he said he saw his face in the mirror, and he went, is that what my child is seeing? I'm a monster. And we've all probably been there. We've had a moment where we've checked ourselves, and maybe we've had a whole week where we've just been grumpy and irritable and growling at people, and people are keeping their distance, right? And James is going to give us a remedy. Just really quick, he has given these things so far. He's told us how to reevaluate our trials in verses 2 through 4 of chapter 1. He showed us how to ask for wisdom and receive it in verses 5 through 8 when we're going through our trials. He's addressed whether you're rich or poor, life is short, 
And he's addressed how we need to look at life in verses 9 and 10 and verse 11. He's told us that there's a blessing when we persevere through our trials and temptations in verse 12. He has told us how to see temptation and deal with it in verses 13 through 15. And he's reminded us in verses 16 and 17 that God doesn't change. Even if you've had a bad day or a bad week, God remains the same. He's good. Every good and perfect gift is from God. It's from above. And one of the greatest gifts that he's given us in verse 18 is he, he brought us forth. Go back for a second to verse 18. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth. That is, he caused us to be born again by the word of truth so that we might be, as it were, the first fruits among his creatures. Now, this is what God did. And God's greatest expression of good is he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, this is where we've come. And James has dealt with a lot of important topics already. And now he's going to get to this matter of hearing. So I, I pray that we could all hear Dr. James and hear what he says about rethinking and reorienting these main areas of our life. He's going to give us some medicine. He's going to give us a biblical prescription. If you struggle in any of these areas with your listening skills, with maybe regretting things that you say or dealing with anger, he's going to give you a biblical prescription. He's going to write the prescription, if you will. And when your doctor gives you a prescription and says, this is what you need to take to be healed, the only way that you're going to get healed is to do what? Go get the medication and take it. But I'm going to say that James will add a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down in a most delightful way. <laughs> Maybe not so delightful, but... I'm going to try to give you a spoonful of sugar because I want you to know that I fail in these areas too. But I'm trying to ask God to help me. Um, I am asking him to help me to get better. Let's look at the first injunction. It's the cue. This you know, my beloved brethren. Let everyone, this is all of us, there's no exceptions. Let's be quick to hear. If you're a note taker, that's the cue, quick to hear. The word for quick is Takus in Greek, it means speedy, swift, fast. It speaks of eagerness. Simon Kistemacher, who's a commentator on the New Testament, said, listening is loving. Listening is loving. Let's be quick to listen. The first injunction is be quick to hear, quick to listen. Have you ever been talking to someone and you can see that the lights are on but nobody's home? And, and it, it sends a message to you that this person doesn't really care about what I'm saying. Um, I know, <clears throat> as a man, I am very mono-minded. So I can really only focus on one thing at one time. It's, maybe it's a gift, but to my wife, it can be a challenge. So, for example, she has learned that if a Dodger game is on, it's not a good time to talk to me. But she wants to talk to me. So I have learned that when she comes to me, I have to hit, and there's a great invention that has now come to the masses of humanity. It is glorious. It's called the pause button. So I just pause the game, and we talk, and it's much easier for me, and we're, we've kind of learned this, this, this thing of how we communicate. I really have to have everything else off so I can focus. So I have to do that, and my spouse has to recognize that that's how I am. 
Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Have you ever been talking to someone and you can see that the lights are on, but nobody's home. And, and it, it sends a message to you that this person doesn't really care about what I'm saying. Um, I know, <clears throat> as a man, I am very mono-minded. So I can really only focus on one thing at one time. It's, maybe it's a gift, but to my wife, it can be a challenge. So, for example, she has learned that if a Dodger game is on, it's not a good time to talk to me. But she wants to talk to me. So I have learned that when she comes to me, I have to hit, and there's a great invention that has now come to the masses of humanity. It is glorious. It's called the pause button. So I just pause the game, and we talk, and it's much easier for me, and we've kind of learned this, this, this thing of how we communicate. I really have to have everything else off so I can focus. So I have to do that and my spouse has to recognize that that's how I am. Now my wife can be stirring soup, talking on the phone, have a kid asking her about something and tell me that my socks are in the third drawer on the far left. She's just good at that, okay? I am not. So we have to learn how to communicate. Instead of racing to get in your next word, how many of us are guilty of someone saying something, we're just, we're just forming the next argument that we're going to make. Oh, yeah? We can't wait to say what we want to say. <laughs> right? But we're not to be quick to get the next response out. We're to be quick to what? Listen. How many of us could just apply that this week? All right. My spouse is talking, my coworker, my boss, whatever it may be, the preacher. Oh, it's wonderful when you come and you come to, I come to speak, you come to listen. If we both finish at the same time, it's glorious. <laughs> As one professor put it who was addressing students at Princeton. Listening is loving. And I need, I confess it, I need to be a better listener. And the Bible actually says to me, I need to be quick to listen. Eager, swift. Sometimes it would be better if I just listen and maybe before responding, have you ever been there before? You hear something and you respond and then you think back and you think, you know what, I should have let them get through the whole story before I fired off those five things that I just said that I now regret. As one writer put it, I've never had to take back 
something that I didn't say. And we've all been there before. Where we'd like to say after words left our mouth, could judge, could you strike that from the record? Judge, could you have the jury disregard that last statement? How many of you have watched the court show where if the attorney can get the words in, it doesn't matter if the judge says, please disregard that last statement that was made by that attorney. The attorney doesn't care because all that judge said was try to ignore something which made them think about it even more. <laughs> and lawyers are good at this kind of stuff. And so we're told to be quick to listen. I want you to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. All right, that's in your Old Testament. And as Solomon is giving us wisdom, this is all in the kind of the center of our Bible where we have the wisdom literature. So you have Psalms, you have Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes. So if you can think of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes go together, and Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature, then Ecclesiastes follows the Proverbs. So just think of it as more wisdom literature. Here's Solomon. Here's what he says. And just by way of introduction, uh, or I guess setting the context of James, James may be, Ecclesiastes 5 is what you want. James may be addressing the church as it relates to a worship service. Let me explain. In the ancient worship services, there was probably more opportunity for a dialogue. Uh, or at least maybe at the end of a message, there was an opportunity for some Q&A. And we'll do that later as we tackle the issue of Mormonism. And so it may be that if a pastor or a speaker was teaching the word of God, let's, let's imagine maybe a home Bible study or one of our Bible studies at a restaurant, and someone was quick to speak, like, I don't, I don't believe that or I don't buy that or whatever, and there was, there was this talk that was going on. James is saying, and this is just one possible interpretation that the setting is a worship service and he's saying, look, listen first before you rattle off your thousand questions or your disagreements. Here's Ecclesiastes 5, verse one. Guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they are doing evil. <clears throat> verse two. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God, for God is in heaven and you are on the earth, therefore let your words be few. For the dream comes through much effort and the voice of a fool through many words. When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it, for he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. Do not let your speech cause you to sin. And do not say in the presence of the messenger of God that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry on account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? And there are some, if you go back to the book of James, that believe that James is thinking of Ecclesiastes 5. We don't know for sure. Of course, we are in the New covenant now, and we need to understand that God loves us, and um, God does discipline us, but we are a forgiven people. And we are in this sanctification process. That is, God is changing us more into the image of Jesus, and he's saying we need to be quick to listen. 
We need to let God's word, hearing it and applying it, be the centerpiece of our lives. That's why I would say to you, during your week, if you don't have your dial set to Christian radio stations like KKLA or K-Wave or K-Bright, or you're not listening to some teaching during the week, or you're not in some sort of Bible study, you're, you're almost fighting a losing battle. Because you need God's word to be cleansing and shaping and strengthening your every fiber of your being all week long. That's mostly what I do is take in the word of God in one form or another. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a pastor. Before I ever was in a pulpit every week, that became a passion because I knew that that was a main vehicle by which God would change my thinking. So whatever I put into myself, that's what begins to orient my thinking. So every one of us needs to be quick to listen. The, the S in the acronym I'm giving you of is slow to speak. We need to be quick to listen, slow to speak. How can we be listening if we're talking? How can we be hearing somebody if, have you ever been in a conversation that turned into an argument and two people are trying to talk over one another? How many of you watch these shows where maybe it's Fox News and they have a debate going on and the moderator's in the middle and they have two talking heads on either side and, and they're trying to talk over each other. And you're like, nobody can hear anybody and it gets frustrating. And someone might say, Please let person A finish, and then you can talk. And the other person, <laughs> right? Because we all want to get our point across, and we're not necessarily good at listening. Proverbs 10.19 says, Proverbs 10.19, where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 17.27 and 28 says, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is counted prudent. So it's better to keep one's mouth closed and be thought a fool than open it and dispel all doubt. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody and... You know, you might have a, a sense of who that person is, like just, you know, you see how someone looks, you might, they might look professorial or they, whatever, they might look athletic, and then they open their mouth and they start to share something, and you, sometimes you're a little blown away, like, wow, that's not what I expected that person to sound like or talk like. And so James is saying, look, we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, Psalm 80, 81, 13, and 14, God says in a lament, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Psalm 81, 13, and 14. I had the privilege of praying at the National Day of Prayer event up at Eagle Glen, and it's, it's done every year by a group of individuals in the city who have a heart to reach people with the gospel. And I got a chance to pray, and Frank Sontag was the keynote speaker. And so up until that uh, point, I was praying during the week. And, you know, you're going to go up to pray, and you have a couple of minutes, and you're like, okay, Lord, what, 
what do you want me to pray? It's kind of a weird prayer. Lord, how do you want me to pray? But then I thought, you know what? The disciples actually asked Jesus. As they watched him minister and live, they actually asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. I think a great prayer for a Christian is, Lord, teach me how to pray. And maybe with that, teach me how to listen more when I pray. How about instead of me coming into the gates with my 17 requests that I got for today, right? <laughs> Lord, I'd like you to do this, 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 and this, and for this person, this person, and this, and over, and here, oh, and, what, and, and how about if we came into the presence of God and just said, Lord, I, I'm just here before you. For the first couple of minutes, I'm just gonna seek your face. Speak, your servant is listening. I don't know how it all works, you guys. <laughs> I don't understand it all, but I just know this. I've probably done a lot more talking in prayer than I've just tried to settle down and say, Lord, just speak to my heart. Let me just orient who I am with heaven's values. The Bible's remedy is not just about listening and hearing sound and nodding politely, we can all do that. But it is about reading, hearing, reading, and heeding, Revelation 1.3. James 1.22, the, the, the theme verse. Take a look at it. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. So we can, we can nod, we can be polite, but God wants us to take it in and let it go deep. In Luke 11... It came about while Jesus said these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. And Jesus said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Luke 11, 27 and 28. That's where most Christians go wrong in hearing the word of God and actually doing it. <laughs> Would you agree? Would you say if Churches and marriages and individuals just listened to God's word and did it more times than not, most of our problems would be solved. And I'm just talking about inside the church. I'm not talking about the issues in America right now, which we know there's a whole host of those. And those need a remedy. But my people who are called by my name, it needs to start with them. They need to humble themselves. They need to pray and seek my face. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.